This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Time again for Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Your weekly uh, session of hearing us talk a little and play some new music and hang out with you in our pseudo living room. <laughs> My name's Ian. This is Ryan the Beard. Yo, yo. Kevin is not here this week because uh, I think he's... Didn't he score a free vacation pass? Yeah, free, it was... A free hotel stay down there. Yeah, free hotel in Portland. stay. Portland. So uh, I, I believe the quote was, I'm going to go down to Portland look at some... Really? Is that word for word? Uh, just about. Some, Somewhere Something along those lines. Steak and legs? Yeah, I, th- I think that's the idea, man. He's going to the Flush Ballet. Well, uh, for what it is worth, I did see him post that he was at a bookstore earlier. So he's being halfway wholesome. So that's what they're calling him these days. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Kevin's gone this week, but he'll be back. Is this is 79, right? I believe so. Cool. I think. I hope so. All right. Well, here we are again, man. Uh, the weather has turned to absolute uh, My car got a hit and run this week. And all kinds of weird kind of stuff happened this week. Yeah, get, give me give me the rundown. Give me give me the lowdown. Well, I was playing a show uh, last Friday night. Oh, wait, no, what was it? Thursday. We were playing at the Victory Lounge downtown Seattle, actually just right down the street from here. And uh, as I the night went on, everything was totally fine. I found a pretty decent parking spot on the side of the road for free, which was nice. So I load all my gear in after we play, and we're all you know hanging out and have a good good time. And as I go back to my car to get back into it. I noticed that somebody had sideswiped part of the mirror, my like my side mirror, off of my car. Oof. So that's gone. So I got to pay for that now. That's tight. So that's just one thing. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, like I kind of want to wait until next week to talk about this a little more with Kevin, because Kevin was better friends with Tim Butcher than I was. But our friend Tim, uh, who played in a lot of good bands, Pressure and a band called Minus from Southern California, uh, uh, passed away this today. Uh, he had Rough. been in a coma for about a week. And uh, I think they took him off of support today. So it's also kind of a good thing that Kevin's gone so he can hang out with Kyle down there and they can kind of just have the yeah. weekend, you know what I mean? So th- our thoughts go out to them. And then obviously also Scott Weiland passed away this week. Which is weird. Which is pretty wild. Yeah, that, that guy was seeming like he was impervious to just about everything at this point. Yeah, I mean, and he was th- still going. Yeah, there's there's all that footage of him just really going to town on stage. So, you know, I, I figured the guy would be able to... Seemed like one of those uh, one of those rock stars that could just put anything in his body and just keep trucking, but guess not. What did you do? What was up with you this week? What'd you do? Uh, well, I got my uh, my computer broke, which was fun, and so uh, you got your computer broke. Got my computer broke. How'd you break yeah. your computer? Yeah, the uh, the audio jack had a red light coming out the side of it, so I brought it into the Genius Bar, and after waiting an hour and a half. And this is after my overnight shift here, so I'm all zonked out and not wanting to do anything. Um, Maybe that was your first mistake. Yeah, right. Well, I, I had another overnight coming up that night. And so, so you need I'm, the computer, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. I had my laptop sitting on the counter, and 
this guy comes and puts his box on the counter. This is after waiting about an hour and a half. Slides the box, hits the laptop, laptop hits the floor. So laptop slides off the countertop. Yep. Did it bounce? It it did not bounce. It was just oh, like a what, solid What did it sound like? Thunk. It it sounded Ugh. like my heart hitting the pavement, Ugh. man. Yeah, I know. I threw my guitar across the stage once on accident. Probably Ooh. probably doesn't really matter what it sounds like. It just sounds like Yeah, exactly, exactly. Strap locks, dude. They're they're well, a thing. It was the five cent piece of plastic that, you know, you use to adjust the length of your strap. That's uh, what broke. So can't really man. do anything about that. So okay, so you broke you broke it or somebody else broke it? The guy at the store broke it. The genius broke it. The genius at the genius bar broke it. Not very genius move, man. No, no. So they offered me a new laptop at half price, and they offered to fix my old laptop for half price. God, that's uh, that's a pretty genius racket, geniuses. Which kind of here? Let me break what you already have, and then you can buy a new one from us. Definitely pissed me off to no end. Um, I ended up getting a used one, refurbished laptop. Gotcha. Um, which was nice, and because they had tossed it fixed. off the shelf for somebody else earlier yeah. that week. Apparently, so yeah. Ended up with a with a backup laptop, so I guess that'll be nice. But at the is that what you time, have right here? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not too jazzed about having to spend all the money, but at the of course same time, not. you know, it's, it's the holidays, man. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, right. With your new computer. Yeah, yeah so I, just weird energy flowing around the. Yeah, speaking speaking of holidays, have you done your Christmas shopping yet? I haven't done it. Well, I've done a couple of things, but no, not really. All right, so we were in the mall yesterday. Oh, God. Had to go into Zoomies looking for something for my little sister. I We barely even talked in the last year and a half or so, so I'm just scrambling, looking anywhere I for anything. You. The guy at Zoomies, I walked in, and he genuinely could not figure out how I was able to breathe with my beard. <laughs> He's like, like, is that steel wool? I, I think he was really baked out of his mind, man. And he uh, At Zoomies? Right, Shocking. Uh, so uh, as I'm leaving, he was training some new employee. Oh God! And he dropped he dropped this one on me. I, I've you know every now and I'd, I'd like to think I'm still young enough to be with it, but every now and then I'll hear a bit of slang that just makes no sense. Uh-oh. He used the term "that's so skate," kind of like like that's so Raven. I <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> like it's just like yeah, dude, that's so skate. Man. I, I don't know if that was just him being a stoner, and I'm really hoping that's not like some new slang. That's like word salad. Yeah, I mean it. Just it pick really a word. It sets the d- radar off like nobody's business, man. Well, just... at least he was saying if that's so skate at a Zoomies. Yeah, at least it wasn't like fucking J.C. Penny or like uh, <laughs> somewhere where that wouldn't have made any sense at all. Right. I guess it still doesn't, but uh, yeah, you and I both on that. I've never heard that before. That's yeah. so skate. I'm gonna start saying that to you now. Dude, I, I brought Dude, it up. Your beard's so skate. <laughs> I brought it up to my buddy Scotty who skates all the time, and he just said, "Man, if somebody said that to me, I would strike them down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you uh, truck stomp them. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so skate. Well, f- it it ain't all handshakes and high fives, man. Every once in a while, you got a week, but that's fine because we're still with it, and we got some bunch of a t- ton of metal news this week. Before the end of the year, people are trying to get new albums in and. Starting to talk about the new stuff coming up in 2016. I guess yeah. that's a good place to start. I yeah, suppose. I'm, I'm down for that. So uh, let's just jump into the the new stuff. Um, Anthrax just posted that their new album for All Kings is uh, going to be coming out pretty soon. They just put out a teaser for it. Um, normally, these album teaser videos really just kind of piss me off because it's just kind of 
you know, it doesn't really do anything it's for you. It's just the standard, here's me playing a guitar in a room, you can't really tell what I'm doing. Yeah, but I, anytime Anthrax does anything, I get a little bit stoked, because they're such an awesome band. And their videos have always been good, so let's check this out, it's about a minute and a half. I think you'll find on this record, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff. It's really different. Again, we have always have something different. There's a lot of, like, aggressive stuff. I think the album's heavier. There's a lot more going on. There's a lot more excitement in different ways than the last one. We stuck to our guns, and we haven't changed anything. And you get what you get from Anthrax, you know, as much as you know it. And then people who have never heard it are really excited because they see something a little bit more eccentric and really, really fresh. The record itself is, is, uh, is going to be 12 songs that is a variety of, of anthrax material that will, will take you on a journey from start to finish. I look at every record as of its time. We have, we have this window of time where we start writing an album and then obviously start recording a record. Is uh, he stoned? Makes a record. <laughs> and then we've got this finished thing in our hands. So it's finally great to have something that has my myself on it, you know, the way I play. So, that would be cool. Yeah, I just can't wait for the record to come out, and um, I just hope people dig it. I just hope everybody out there, um, I hope you enjoy the record as much as we enjoyed making it. We're really stoked on it. <laughs> okay, maybe I take that back. <laughs> that was kind of uninformative. I, 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 <laughs> basically, all I got out of that was, whoa, we... We needed to make a new record, so we tried to make it sound like us, but try a couple new things, maybe. But it's and exciting then, in different ways. <laughs> and, and then, Joey. so basically, we wrote the songs, and then we went into the studio and we recorded them. And now we got a new record out. And now we've got a new like record. It. Cool. Uh, Slayer's coming back to town. They, they, they have announced the tour dates, or at least most of them, and the one we care about most is going to be Saturday night. March 19th at the Paramount in Seattle, Washington. Ooh, I'm bummed that's on Saturday. That is a kick in the tail. That's going to be rock, paper, scissors. Who's going to the show? Uh, yeah, it's going to be at the Paramount, which is going to be cool. I can't recall seeing a metal show at the Paramount recently. I guess maybe the, what was that, the Deftones Dillinger Escape Plan? I was not. That was like 2011, 2010 yeah. maybe? Before me, man. So, yeah, March 19th at the Paramount. That's a great lineup, too. It's cool. It's a little smaller than Wamu. I am kind of stoked. I'm into uh, that. <clears throat> okay, so I just wanted to get a couple of stories in before we start talking about Scott Weiland dying this week. So, uh, they, according to TMZ, who was, like, always, f for some reason, like, the first to get the scoop, they probably just pay money for it, uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Velvet Revolver singer Scott Weiland was found dead on his tour bus uh, this last week in Minnesota. They also charged the guitar player of the band that he was in with cocaine possession. It was a band called uh, Scott Weiland and the, the Wildabouts. Uh, Scott Weiland was only 48. I also uh, was reading an interview that his girlfriend of the last five years did, claiming that he hadn't been using drugs, although they did find cocaine in his, like, room, his, you know, trailer room or whatever. Man. Uh, yeah, only 48 years old, man. Obviously, uh, Scott Weiland has been having problems with drugs and alcohol, since he's been in the spotlight, you know? Yeah. Since before that, sure, I'm sure, too. Uh, but, you know, whether or not he was using drugs at age 48 after, 
you know, abusing your body like that in like the rock star lifestyle and the drugs and the booze yeah. for that long, that hard. It's, he could have just mess you up. But he, yeah, he, his body was probably just all kinds of fucked up. Well, you heard about uh, what they're doing with uh, Ozzy with the DNA thing, right? What's that? They're, apparently, they're analyzing Ozzy's genetic structure to figure out how the hell he survived <laughs> putting his body through all that. And this this is a I, this sounds like a clickle thing. This is a real deal. The um apparently they're so shocked that the human body could take that much abuse for that long that they're trying to figure out what and about still keep going. Yeah, they're trying to figure out what about him made it so that he was able to do that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, like some people just have a proclivity to living longer. It's just in your genetics. If it's in your family line where you've had hard drinkers in your family for the last, you know, 300 years or whatever. I mean, look at Lemmy. Look at uh, Keith Richards, dude. You know, like, in fact, the entire the entire band, the Rolling Stones, Mm -hmm. Uh, the majority of Led Zeppelin, who's still around, you know, all of those dudes, all of the dudes in crew, uh, Poison and even the dudes in Kiss for some, you know, some of those guys. <laughs> They're all still around. I don't know. Some people just, uh, die. I wouldn't call it luck. It's just when it's your time, it's your time. So rest in peace, Scott Weiland. I also was beefing with uh, a former bandmate of mine this week because he had been gone from Twitter, or not Twitter, from Facebook for like three years. And then he gets back on the day Scott Weiland dies, like logs back in <laughs> for the first time in three years. The very first thing he says is talking, he's just like, oh, I never liked that motherfucker anyway and all this other shit. No, it's just like, dude. Uh, you know, even if you don't like the guy or you don't like his music or something like, what's like that, wrong you, with you don't just come on. So yeah, super classless. I hate that. I hate when people just troll people that are. It's like Westboro Baptist Church kind of. Like even if you don't agree per se, you don't have to be the first one out flying in everybody's face about it. Like, oh yeah, I'm so fucking punk. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's bad news for anybody who knows anybody that had had or has substance abuse issue problems. Right. While I'm sitting here drinking a beer, you know. Yeah. Well, it ain't it's. <laughs> but it ain't crack. <laughs> true. True. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things we always think of rock stars as have a tendency to think of rock stars as almost immortal. You know, just right. Just unable to be phased by anything, like and God status. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, when they uh, when they finally bite the dust, it, it's it's always it's always so much harder, and it has so much more of an impact than. Well, think about you know. this. Like, think about all of the legendary metal heroes that are still around. Yeah, and how old they are, and what their age group is. Right, it's going to be a point, and it's going to be about a decade long, where we see all of them pass on. It's just, it's going to happen in yeah. our lifetimes if we live long enough for mm-hmm. no other reason than they're 50, 60 years older than us already. Yeah, man. So it's just, and then I think people tend to forget how young metal is as a genre, right? right. As a thing, you know, it's, it's one of the few genres out there where the guys who came up with it are still walking around. Exactly. Doing things. They're like, you know? literally, we created this. Yeah. R.I.P. Scott Weiland. See you the next time around, bro. Uh, speaking about another dude who's apparently like the truth, quote unquote, is coming out that Aboth has been having his own substance abuse battles for years now, apparently. Man. We've uh, haven't really heard much from either side about what's going on with the battle with Immortal, the band. Yeah. But the band came out this week and had a few things to say because they literally are having a, uh, they just closed the Immortal trademark case. 
So now they can finally speak about it because it's been under litigation and you can't talk about it, you know, obviously when there's a lawsuit going on or whatever. So they said, uh, the conflict was not about anybody leaving the band as a Both claimed. It was all about his personal problems. He'd canceled rehearsals and ruined the band's progress for a very long time. We were forced to confront him about it. Uh, The band had to reschedule rehearsals all the time because of him. Even then, he did not show up. He told the band's friends and family that he needed to go to rehab again. He had got help from a clinic before. We offered to wait for him to recover this time also. Sadly, he changed his decision. Instead of trying to solve his problems, he went behind our back and secretly applied for a trademark, ownership of the band's logo and name. It was hard to believe that his problems had led him to such a point. When his attempt to get the rights was discovered by the band, he all of a sudden went solo. His accusations against the band and media changed from day to day. The fans started to question his version and wanted us to speak about what really happened. Unfortunately, we had to wait until the case was all closed to make a statement. To wrap this up, his trademark application was denied and the case closed by the patent steerit in November 2015. One of the reasons was because he had only contributed as a co-writer of music in Immortal, nor did he contribute any lyrics or titles to the band's albums. Hmm. Hmm. Did not know that. The fact is that the music has always been a result from the band as a unit. We are very well prepared and looking forward to present the new material to to the fans. We did not want to rush things, but take the time to deliver another high-quality Immortal album. More news is coming soon. And Immortal will record a new album in 2016, which will be released by Nuclear Blast Records. Huh. So it's officially a sp- awkward-ass split. And Aboth is headlining the uh, Decibel Tour. Yeah. 2016 with High on Fire. <laughs> so what would you do? What if, like, one of your bandmates was just, like, super f***ing acting like a dick because he's on drugs and doing all kinds of stupid f- just pissing you off, and then all of a sudden he disappears and goes, oh, by the way, I'm taking this whole band with me. Bye. Uh, Or at least he tried to. Well... Luckily, I've never been in that situation. I mean, what um, would you? That's like that's it's, the situation. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, if this is the truth, I I wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, I'd I'd have to I'd have to take a minute and calm. Up. First, first, I'd have to take a good couple days to calm myself <laughs> yeah. down because I'd be pretty steamed about the whole issue. Um, especially when he's out there talking to all kinds of trash. Yeah, I I I don't know. I really don't know what I do. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, Rotten Sound just uh, posted a teaser about their new album, and it has absolutely no music on it. So, yet again, uh, I guess I'm just. <laughs> What's that all about? Yeah. Let's. Uh, can, can we play this? Do you have the yeah link in front of you? So I mean, it's a non-album track, so it's not going to be on the record. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I was saying. It, they put out an album teaser with a song that's not going to be on the record. Oh, well, whatever. I guess I mean, the point is, like, here's what it's gonna production's going to sound like. I don't know. For hmm. anybody who cares. Weird. I mean, it's also just kind of like a slow jam. Maybe it's a track they didn't... Yeah, they're they probably just like, yeah, record. we're just going to toss that one or whatever. Put it on the teaser. I don't know. It sounds cool. I like that band a lot. 
Yeah, man. That was one of the first bands that we had in studio at, at the radio station here. Those guys are freaking great. Yeah, they're hilarious. We gave uh, their singer Kai uh, a book of American naughty words. It was like a dictionary. And he was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. This will make this tour amazing. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. Glad to be of service, dude. Uh, Hatebreed is just re-signed with Nuclear Blast Records. They uh, Their last record, which was called The Divinity of Purpose, which I honestly don't even remember. I don't think I ever even really listened through that one. I should probably go back and listen to that. They said, uh, Hatebreed signing a Nuclear Blast Worldwide cannot come in a better time, and we're extremely excited to get this new album out and commence the world tour in 2016 and 2017. So there you go. They're going to be working with the Zeus. Hmm. And Josh uh, Wilbur, who mixed Lamb of God and Megadeth. Very cool. So tentatively out in the spring of 2016. More breakdowns for the kiddies. God, and I swear to God, every time I see Hatebreed specifically, and only Hatebreed and Jamie Jocelyn and Hatebreed, he says more and more the broiest I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Everybody, cheer if you love. Uh, I was like, "What? <laughs> Seriously? All right." Have you seen the uh, the hate breed motivational posters that were oh, making yeah. the rounds a bit ago? Oh, those are good. <laughs> Best lyrics, dude. Good gym, uh, going to the gym band, as Jim Rat Matt could attest. So, uh, yeah, I got no segue for this. I'm just going to dive in. Uh, Behemoth the Satanist has recently been nominated for a Polish Film Award, which is pretty cool. So I guess uh, Behemoth just keeps racking up the awards. That music video tripped me the f*** out. <laughs> it's so f***ing creepy. And apparently it's like a, uh, it's a metaphor for like some kind of angel being or something like that. Jesus. I'd have to look into it. I was reading an article about it before, but yeah, you can really dig deep into that. Huh, well, go then. It's creepy. Napalm of Death. Napalm of Death have just announced a bigger tour with the Melvins and Melt Banana. Sick. That's... Dude, that lineup is <laughs> unfuckable. That's yeah. so good. Something for everyone. Man, I get a... Where, weren't we talking about this like a week or two ago about how mixed lineup bills are just the best they are thing. they always are always 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 i love that it's a, and it's gonna be here at the showbox on may 1st in seattle which is perfect too man mel banana at a bigger venue and napalm death at a bit of a smaller venue and the melvins just and the melvins just tearing it up yeah the melvins anywhere the savage imperial death march tour <laughs> The tour poster is a bunch of soldiers from World War One, a T-Rex, a TIE fighter, and a jackalope. <laughs> That's awesome. May 1st, Seattle, Napalm Death, the Melvins, and Melt Banana. Dude, I bet that green room area is just the weirdest effing place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I bet they're all, like, really good friends, though. And just, After like... After all this time. In some weird way. Yeah. I mean, they're all very different. You know, Barney's a vegan and, like, very politically active. And, you know, King Buzzo's, like, super into, like... Dude, just every single... That that thing's just going to trip me the f*** out. We should just toss a wild card in and just drop some acid. <laughs> and see what happens. Get weird. When we go to that show. Dude, can we just... No, no, no. Can we just dose out Max and I'll oh, follow him around no. and film him the entire time? Dude, if that's the case, you literally have to put him on a leash. <laughs> I'm serious, like a dog leash, <laughs> like around his wrist or his ankle or something, with a little bell on it when he starts to get too far away. It's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, shit, I got to go find Max. <laughs> He's all messed up. Where's he going? 
<laughs> Stop licking the walls. <laughs> Nails is going to be recording a new album. Nice. Which is rad. Let's see here. Uh, in fear of sounding redundant of how 97% of these pre-album release descriptions always come off, I won't try to describe how our new album, You Will Never Be One of Us, sounds. Um, what I will tell you is that the same care and the same attention went into this album as our previous albums, Unsilent Death and Abandon All Life. And our new album sounds as inspired as either those two full-length recordings. Cool. So, yeah, very cool. More of the same. Which is good. That's what I want. Agoraphobic Nosebleed has new music coming out. It's uh, it's an EP called Arc, and it's going to be the first in a series of four EPs. This one's got three songs on it. Very cool. They're, uh, they're they, taking the Phil approach. Yes. It's going to be coming out on Relapse Records, and they've been playing shows. They've played Housecore Fest. They have a drummer. They, they I don't know played, who it is, but it's probably Maniac. It's the, it's the drummer from uh, Misery Index. Is oh, is it? it? Yeah, I, th- I believe awesome. so. Cool. So yeah, new agoraphobic nosebleed. You want to hear a little piece of it? Yeah, I haven't man. heard this yet. Let's see. Uh, see what it's coming out January twenty second. I expected it to be more grindy. It's not grindy, it's groovy. Anyway, so that's uh, that's a taste of it. Kind of like that Rotten Sound song. It's just... Hey man, all these grind bands getting into the stony stuff. I'm, stony. I'm not complaining. That's good stuff. Um, I want to hear their take on it. Speaking of a band that is neither one of those things, Megadeth uh, just nope. recently announced that they're going to be touring North America. Or they're going to announce it. Sorry. My, hey, they announced their announcement, okay? <laughs> God, I, I, I always got to triple read these Megadeth articles because they're always... Flipping a loop on you. Yeah, man. Oh, hey, we got a, a, a text from Ryan Castle earlier this week, and we have a, an interview with Dave Mustaine Friday at 11.40 a.m. If you want to be here for that, it'll be on the phone. Oh, yeah, I know you want to be here for that, Ryan. Don't f***ing look I, at me I, like that. I, I kind of do. I kind of do, man. <laughs> I want to. Uh, you can't bust his balls. I want to apologize for uh, not being able to hang out with him when they were touring with Black Label Society, and. Uh, oh yeah, because you guys got kicked out. Things happened. <laughs> hey man, things happen. <laughs> it happens. But yeah, we're gonna be on the phone, so we don't have to like look at him. <clears throat> Allegedly rumored to be on the tour is Suicidal Tendencies, Children of Bodom, and Havoc. So. Basically, that means somebody leaked the tour poster and they're like, here's what the tour lineup is. So we'll find out in uh, next week's podcast who is going to be here on what day and where and now all the f***ing details. So, yeah, I mean, I don't is Adler on tour with Megadeth these days or are they still playing with the guy from uh, uh, Demi Borgir? It's the dude from Angel Corpse and Demi Borgir, yeah. yeah. Tony, Lorian- Tony Loriano. Uh, oh, ex- uh, Demi Nile and Angel Corpse, yep. Guy's got chops. So speaking of drummers that have chops, Dave Lombardo's Dead Cross just recently played their first show in Pomona, sick. and uh, looks like there's a bunch of footage of that. I'm I'm pretty excited about this, this band. It's a sick lineup. Yet. 
kind of hard to make out yeah i like that little like break thing they did in the middle yeah there. that's definitely dave, uh, dave slayer chops though man this lineup is just so sick too justin pearson from the locust of retox mike crane from retox gabe serbian from the locust retox and cattle decapitation I could honestly just watch Dave play drums all day. Right? <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing what that actually is supposed to really sound like. Hmm. Let me see. Maybe this is a better version. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> Let's take this as a side topic here now. People who videotape entire concerts and they sound like this. <laughs> when you put it online. Like, uh... If you know it's going to sound like that because you've probably done it before, don't. For twenty, Watch to, the show. For 20 to 30 bucks, you can get a little microphone that plugs right into the headphone jack of your phone. Get much better audio quality. I mean, I get it because it's mean, Dave, Dave Lombard. I'd probably be yeah. doing the same thing. But, Jesus, that sounds terrible. At what point do you listen to that and you're like, yeah, man, that was a great show. So, uh, speaking of... Yeah, I got nothing. Thought I had something. Ryan, your segues have been historically terrible these Dude, last Dave, couple of weeks. They've really been awful. You I, need I to go to Segway all, school. I used them all up, man. I like a month straight. I had the best effing segues, and I've just been really swinging. Your and segues are hilariously inappropriate or <laughs> hilariously fucking terrible. Dude, they've been they've been bad. They've <laughs> to been be getting fair, worse. We've had some bad news stories in the last few weeks that we've been dealing with, so it's hard to like make a joke out of it or whatever yeah. without coming off as like a truly terrible human being speaking of truly terrible human there beings you too is going to be joining eagles oh! of death metal on stage in that's Paris. not where i thought you're gonna go with that but all right. <laughs> all right that works yeah there you go so uh yeah it looks like <laughs> i hate you <laughs> but he's he's right eagles of death metal are making their return to paris obviously the band that was uh playing during the paris terror attacks at the La Bataclan venue in Paris. And uh, I don't know why you too, but that's cool. I'm sure the show's going to be huge. So it's good to see them getting back on it and getting back out there and playing again. I'm sure it's going to be a very strange atmosphere. Yeah, man. It's either going to be kind of sad or probably f***ing awesome. I bet people are going to rock out, dude, and I hope so. Yeah, man. They need to. You got to get back on the thing. And like as we're going to talk about in the rest of the podcast, there are some people... On one side of the argument that say, hey, even if it's 90% safe, is that safe enough? And then there's people on the other side that are like, hey, man, you got to get back on the horse and you got to pick it up and keep going. So yeah. we'll explain uh, 
who stands on which side in the rest of the podcast. But I, I'm kind of hoping that this whole that whole concert serves as kind of like a f- you. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm sure there's going to be a lot of security there. So yeah, I'm, they're getting back on it. That's cool. Let's see here. Uh, in case you don't have enough stuff, Ugh. you can go buy some new Iron Maiden headphones for three hundred bucks. Jesus, this better be good. All right, there's an, uh, a a Japanese electronics company called Onkyo Corporation, and uh, starting December fourth, they are going to be providing fans of Iron Maiden rock and heavy metal the ultimate way to hear their music. Like they made these four Iron Maiden records. With the clarity and full acoustic range required by Maiden bassist, founder member, and co-producer Steve Harris. My guess, and I'm not trying to talk right off the bat, even though I am. I guess I am. Somebody put these things on Steve Harris. They were like, hey, how do these sound? He was like, sounds good. They were like, all right, cool. Iron Maiden headphones. Boom. Done. Uh, these. I'm, I'm, I mean, he goes on and talks about it, so I'm sure that he's been working with them. So, I mean, like, he understands Steve Harris is a genius. He's yeah. a musical genius. He writes almost all of the uh, Maiden music, at least all, almost all of my favorite well, Maiden I'm, songs. I'm looking at the at the specs of these things, and I'm checking out these screenshots they have at the bottom. I don't know if they come with some kind of app to go with the headphones oh, that Maiden allows audio? you to do all this stuff. Looks like it comes with some kind of special EQ customizer like an eq this is like uh i guess if they work and are legit that would be perfect for like studio guys producers stuff yeah. like that yeah so go buy those this christmas go buy some iron maiden headphones there's a new band another super group sometimes band dudes get tired of playing with their friends or their their current set of friends and want to play with their other friends and then their friends get together and they make friends and then you get bands like venomous concept it's, uh, I don't know if you're still following me after that, but it's Danny Lilker uh, and Kevin Sharp from Brutal Truth, who just broke up last year. Uh, Napalm Death uh, member Shane Embry on bass, Danny Herrera on drums, and guitarist John Cook. They have apparently their third full-length record. Yeah. I thought this was a new band. Well, yeah. Kick Me Silly is the name of the record, and I guess you can do that. On January 8th, 2016, on Seasons of Mist, 22 songs. Whoa. Venomous concept is that like a poison idea ripoff? <laughs> I I think so. Is that like a tip of the cap? You know, I think it'd be really fun to sit down and think of all the band names that are technically the same thing, like Brain Drill and uh, Cerebral Bore. Right. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Ex- yeah. yeah same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's all especially uh, all in metal, just like Blood, Death, Angels. Yeah. Corpse, Rip. Th- th- there's your death. new band, Blood, Death, Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Corpse rip, <laughs> angel <laughs> ripper, <laughs> and uh, generator um, right there. Band name generator. Just, just have Ian spit profanity. <laughs> An angel pissing <laughs> cloud. So Carrie King recently, I guess, came out and said some really hella stereotypical American stuff. Uh, and really? said, uh, no. if you came in and go, if you cave in and go home, you're letting the terrorists win. All right. So that's, that's where about he is on that. that's about not canceling your tour in the wake of the Paris attacks. And, you know, man, as much respect as I have for Kerry King, that's that's one of those situations where you just keep your fucking mouth shut, man. I mean, yes and no. He was asked a question, I'm sure. And he was speaking into a Belgian journalist whose name is Tom DeSmet, by the way. Uh, I mean, he makes some points that I agree with. He says, uh, I mean, I guess he says, I'm surprised that it took the terrorists this long to target a rock concert because they hate rock music. They hate our lifestyle. They hate our freedom. And that's why we and they hate that we enjoy ourselves. 
And of course it sucks. What happened makes everybody think twice about risking their lives to see a band play. But if you stop going to concerts or stop playing at them, you do you just do what the terrorists want you to do. It is very important to carry on and to do what you do and love what you do. And, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that goes through life worrying all the time. We took airplanes right after 9-11. We played shows right after Dimebag was shot. Sure, things can go wrong, but you might also step out this building here and get run over by a car. Just do what you love doing and stop worrying. I think there's a balance between the two. Right. Uh, I think that there's le- a very serious threat. There's f***ing shootings every day, mm. all the time, all over the place. All it would take for somebody to do this anywhere else. And now the thing is, is that the precedent is set. It's been done. It's possible in people's minds now. All I'm saying is that, especially in foreign countries like that, maybe obviously not as much in the U.S., hopefully, for now or for whatever. But, yeah, well, if you're going to go play a show in Paris or in Belgium or uh, where they had to shut down the country, that shut down the schools and everything because they had very credible threats, that's, you know, so that's him being an American to a Belgian mm-hmm. journalist who is right. da- dealing with this on a day-to-day basis. Right. You know, like curfews, no, don't be out at night, all this other, like literally shutting down the f***ing country. Yeah. So there's different you know, realities, man. You know, they, they definitely pulled the, the douchiest quote out of that whole interview to put it right at the top of it, too. Yeah, of course. If you cave yeah. in and you go home, you're letting the terrorists win. Yeah, it sounds like some Fox News. Right. But, uh, you know, there's always context to everything. See, this is this is the interview I want to read about the Paris attacks. Mark Barney Greenway from Napalm Death. And uh, the quote is, I'm not scared by it. Um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm still kind of going through this article a little bit. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he's uh, the thing with Barney is that he's a little long-winded. Because yeah. he's very smart, and he knows a lot. I did an interview on the phone with Barney once where I swear to Christ, I didn't ask him a question for 20 straight minutes. <laughs> he just went on a monologue, and I was just sitting there listening going, yep, mm-hmm. I bet uh-huh. you were just getting, yep. I bet you were getting, just getting mind after like half like, the time, I was just like, oh my too. God, this is like listening to your music. <laughs> <laughs> And here's what he says. Okay, I think there. I think one thing that is a danger, it's not to justify, but I think you cannot put that incident in isolation. There are many things that go on in the world, violence on a local level, intimidation, and all of it is not acceptable, not just one piece. I mean, obviously there was a lot of grandstanding involved with the attacks in Paris. It was significant in the sense that it was made for maximum publicity, clearly. But there are other things equally abhorrent in the world, and I think it all has to be looked at on the same level. Hmm. So that's another aspect of it as well. But there's a difference between, like, me being meaned into my neighbor and somebody walking in with an AK-47. Yeah. So there's another halfway point right there. I like that, though. And I like that people are chiming in about it because it's important. It's something that mm-hmm. it impacted music and the way we do shows and the way we think about seeing music live. Mm-hmm. So I want to go on and read off. I think it's the last one. It was... Mr. Where's the article? I can't find it, but it basically it was the guy from uh, Soil Work, and he was saying pretty much the same thing. He was like, "Hey, man, we need to get back on the we need to get back on the boat, right? Get back on stage, get back and doing what we do because we need to do it. So it's very important. Get back out there. Don't be scared. That's what they want you to do. Be scared. Be scared. And you know what they also want you to do is to turn into a Muslim Muslim fucking xenophobe." They want you to hate Muslim people. They want you to hate people that are different mm-hmm. than you because it fuels their agenda. It fuels their propaganda movements. Every time there's somebody in the United States that goes and beats up a Sikh or a Muslim guy just because of 
his faith. It's fuel to the fire for these other people. So it's it's all about awareness and acceptance. Just be a good person. Mm-hmm. You Accept you, people you, that are different you than you. You can't judge the entire Muslim population on the acts of the not even one percent of right. It's it's. And the only political thing I want to say about this is that I was watching an interview where some a talking head journalist on TV was interviewing uh, the head of a mosque, a Muslim mosque, and he was like, "So, are you guys going to apologize for this?" And <laughs> and the guy was like, "For what? Like, I didn't do this. You know, no, nobody at my church did this. I don't know these people." Why do I need to apologize for that? It's like every time, why didn't the entire Christian right wing apologize for Timothy McVeigh blowing that's, up the Oklahoma City building? That's you know, such an offensive thing to so ask somebody. It's, it's yeah. So it's just be aware and you know be cool with people that are different than you, because when you're not, this is what we get. So let's not do that. Let's just scrap it. Or to the world, man. Or to the world. <laughs> Uh, a little more bad news this week. Might as well just keep on going. This their second King Diamond concert in a row has been canceled due to his case so of so acute laryngitis. Uh, hmm. What is laryngitis? I've had tonsillitis. Is laryngitis like I, your esophagus? I I, th- I think so. I think it's it's like your win- your pipes, your cords. I think it's the one that actually really screws with your vocal cords. Laryngitis, and he, dude, you, if the king's hitting those high notes, man. Yeah, man, can't do that while you're sick. I mean, death metal guys man, might have it a little bit easier. You know, if you're if you're nice and sick, maybe it'll make it sound a little more brutal. You know, yeah. You start you have a coughing fit. They're just like, whoa, those new lyrics are sick. Apparently, they had to jam something down his throat to take a look at it, and uh, the unforeseen effect of the anesthetic used in the examination on Monday delayed the healing process. Hmm. So he says that the king has for once been silent. Trying to hit, trying his damnedest to bring enough vocal cords back to complete the rest of the tour, which for them is a big f- deal. Yeah. It's a lot of money, yeah, a lot of man. tickets sold, a lot of obligations there. So that would really suck for them. So I bet he's literally silent, <laughs> not saying <laughs> using the sign language, writing down on notepads. Bring me some tea. <laughs> Signed the king. <laughs> the king requires. I hope he just writes <laughs> the king requires. At bring the top me of some all- oatmeal. <laughs> on the top and of all the notes, pudding. the king requires a pillow. <laughs> the king requires new face paint. So speaking of uh, lots of money, Motorhead has decided to slap their name on a cider that's going to be released in Sweden. How um, many fucking Motorhead alcoholic drinks are there now? That I was about to say, I feel like... There's at- four that I can think of. There's a red wine, there's a vodka, there's mm-hmm. a beer, and now a cider. There's two beers. Five, then. They're, Five, like then. In the, yeah, yeah. I think they're doing the cider now because they ran out of stuff to slap their <laughs> logo on. Oh, they just want to drink something. They got tired. Remember, because we was like, I like orange juice better, so Coca-Cola can f*** off. He's <laughs> like, I'm tired of my vodka and whiskey. I want some cider, God damn it. I'm Lummy. I like fruit now. <laughs> f*** you. <laughs> my legs are f***ed. In the Decibel uh, interview, the... In 2004, that the manager for Motorhead did, he said, uh, <laughs> this was the compromise with the doctors. Trade the Jack for the wine. So stop drinking Jack, start drinking wine. He thinks wine's better than Jack, but it's still got tons of sugar. He doesn't tell them he's drinking two f***ing bottles either. <laughs> These are the battles we're up against. He doesn't grasp that he's just trading one demon for the other. So, and then here's a cider. Try this out. Let me... <laughs> 
Uh, let me, I, I love you, dude. I will always love you. And, uh, um, Bruce Dickinson and the entire band of Iron Maiden once went to go see the Iron Maidens, the first world's first female tribute to Iron Maiden. They saw them play live and, uh, I think they were in Australia. Oh, no, in Mexico. So he says, I've seen the Iron Maidens in Mexico. We all went, we were watching them, and I said to Steve, Steve Harris, this is a really weird question, but looking that, looking at them, would you f*** yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and he went, I don't know, but we've all been thinking it. <laughs> it was very, very weird. <laughs> uh, would you f*** yourself? Hey, would you f*** yourself? Yeah, Everything's myself. better with a British accent. I just think that's f***ing amazing. That's like one of those weird universal like coincidences. Imagine being the Iron Maidens and f***ing looking out and seeing Iron, Iron Maiden, Maiden. standing there. Would you f*** yourself? Well, did you hear about a- Would David, you f*** me? I would totally fuck me. Did you hear about David Gilmour hiring the world's top Pink Floyd cover band to play at his <laughs> birthday party? Oh, that's genius. Yeah. and but, uh, terrifying. They asked him why he did it. Just like, dude, you're in Pink Floyd. Why the, why the <laughs> f would you do that? Because I didn't want to. And he just said, "Well, you know, I've always heard that Pink Floyd puts on a really great show, and I've never <laughs> gotten to see one." <laughs> good point. Very good point. Oh, uh, that's great. Oh, brevity. Uh, I, this is the last thing I'm gonna I want to say about Scott Weiland. But the the very strange nature of Scott Weiland's death this week leads to him being dead in the second half of the week. But the first half of the week, he was playing shows doing interviews. So earlier this week in an interview, he straight up said, F*** ISIS. And if they come after me, I'll f***ing pull out my Glock 17. <laughs> Holy sh**. <laughs> oh, that's f***ing sweet. Scott, you're a f***ing badass. <laughs> Let me repeat that. F*** ISIS. And if they come after me, I'll f***ing pull out my Glock 17. <laughs> There's no way he's not a felon. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So there, uh, there's where Scott Weiland stood on ISIS, for the record. R.I.P. Uh, the, moving on to just equally as ridiculous. I was about to say the title of this article is confusing the <laughs> out of me. President Obama <laughs> sings, quote unquote, corns. Have you seen on this yet? Freak on a leash. No. Did he actually? Did he actually sing it, or is it somebody like so, chopping it together? La not last week, but the week before that, we talked about how in one of his speeches to wounded soldiers, he was talking to one of his, to one of the soldiers who woke up in a hospital bed to a visit from President Obama, and he thought, because he was all hallucinating and just all f***ed up, that he thought it was Jonathan Davis from Corn. <laughs> he didn't know it was President Obama standing at his bedside talking to him. He thought it was f***ing Jonathan Davis. <laughs> Freak on a leash, right? <laughs> so in the speech, Obama's like, no, I'm actually... Not the singer of corn. So here is this amazing piece of creation, musical creation. One minute. I am not the lead singer from corn. <laughs> and then it like. On leash. I have no. Release. How many times have I felt the leash? Nothing in my life. Is free. <laughs> Sometimes I cannot take this place. <laughs> Sometimes it's my life. I cannot face. Dancing. I cannot feel my face. You'll never 
seen me fall for grace. Something takes part of me. You and I were meant to be. That's okay, guys. These are good. They're, they won't land on you. It's been Obama reading a book to little kids that are they screaming and crying. Be okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll be okay. So the theory is nobody's ever seen Jonathan Davis and Obama in the same room. That was really great. I'm mildly disappointed that when you hit play, it wasn't him just like walking like down the street, just, just like feeling like a freak on a leash, just yeah. like underneath his breath or something, you know? I guarantee you at one point in his life, Obama has sang along to that song. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you he sang along mm-hmm. to that song. When he was in the Senate in his new metal days. So there's a band from Taiwan called Cathonic, and they have a huge gig at Liberty Square in uh, the country's capital of Taipei. Uh, and it's going to be up to about 10,000 people. It's a free show coming up on 26th of December, Boxing Day. <clears throat> and uh, alongside that, after being around for about 20 years and marking the 70 years at the end after the end of World War II, um, th- that's the in honor of this. In honor of that is why they're throwing this free show. And on top of that, their their singer Freddie Lim has decided to run for Congress in Taiwan, mm-hmm. which I have no idea what's going on with Taiwanese politics or anything that goes on over there. Uh, but it's pretty awesome that he is a metal lead singer trying to be a congressman. Yeah, don't see that very often. I mean, you'd see that kind of thing in like Norway. Yeah. Or Sweden or Finland or something like that. Where it's totally normal. He's the first rock star in Eastern Asia to do this and is standing for a brand new political party, the NPP, which is leading the pro-democracy youth movement in Taiwan. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. So uh, he's recently lent his public profile to several social movements, and uh, it's a brand new political party. They're like, hey, we're going to do something new. I think that's kind of cool. So Cathonic are on Spine Farm Records right now in out of the U.K., uh, they played Vakken last year in Bloodstock, and they're all over the place. So next time they come to town, be like, hey, man, you just met a congressman. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Uh, we were outside talking about my lack of ugly Christmas sweaters. Right. Do you have one? I didn't. No, I, I bring it in every year. I, I just Which have, one is it? I just have the uh, the old, the one with the goat's head wearing the Santa's hat. The black one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the only one I have. That's a good one, man. There, there's one that I really wanted to get. It was awesome. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on surfboards with Scully uh, from um, X Files, <laughs> and it says, um, uh, "What was it? Uh, the truth is totally out there, man." And then it's got like a, and then there's a bunch of Christmas trees and <laughs> behind them. Truth is out there, <laughs> far out there. Uh, the reason I even ask is Carrie King recently admitted that he owns his own band's Christmas sweater. He has a Slayer <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater. He says. I've certainly not worn it. Bullshit. I do have one, though. I remember the first year it came out, I was adamantly against it. I thought it was f***ing awful. And of course Tom loved it. I thought, well, Tom loves it. I'm not going to step on his feet and smash it, you know? There's a market for it. And actually, the one that came out the second year was actually cool. I liked it. So I have that one. I thought if I'm going to have one, I'll have this one because this one's actually cool. Fair enough. The sweater retails for $89.99. Jesus. That's so, like uh, uh, buying a f***ing ICP jersey. Yeah, man, no joke. They are pretty cool, though. They're all over print skulls, pentagrams, Slayer. Slayer, man. That's so Slayer. <laughs> 89, 90, that's so skate. <laughs> so skate. God, that's, that hoodie's so skate. 
<laughs> trucks so, to the back of the head. More Slayer news. So uh, Jeff Hanneman, um, God, I can, I always mispronounce his name, and I always feel you. Like a this dick. is okay. This is a good speech therapy for you. Say Jeff Hanneman five times. Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman. I think that was that six. was six, but that's yeah, cool. Whatever. You should probably do it six hundred and sixty-six, sixty-one more times. Oh, there you go. See, simple math. Can't do it. I'm glad we didn't pass that test. Have to do that. The, the point is that at one point when a rock star passes away, especially when you're at the level of a guy like Jeff Hanneman, you have uh, endorsements. You have a decent financial safety net in the fact that you can buy and sell and have basically whatever kind of gear you want. Mm-hmm. But when you die, that gear is just going to sit there in a collection, or it's going to be sold to somebody. In this case, his guitars were recently sold. Well, it uh, let me let me add to that a little bit. Normally, those collections they get parted off. You know, pieces go to different places. They got done like Hard Rock Museum, yeah, yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stuff like that. All that kind of stuff. So it all it all gets separated. Um, recently. The bulk of his guitars, like, well, his main guitars, I'm sure it's not the bulk, I'm sure the guy the famous had just ones, yeah. an absurd amount of guitars, but his his most famous guitars, the core of his guitar collection, was put up for auction, and one guy bought them all, and he was the guitarist from Broken Hope, and he said in this uh, in this interview that I'm reading right now, riffs are just flowing out of me, I feel a responsibility to Jeff and to Catherine, who is his widow, right. uh, to use these guitars in a way that honors him. As long as I own these guitars, I will use them and carry on Jeff's legacy. He remains a huge influence to me, and I probably wouldn't be here as an extreme metal guitarist slash lyricist without him. And I think this is really effing cool, man, that he's actually going to use them, that they're not just going to be hucked up on a wall and put in cases and things like that. I'm sure you're not going to see him torn with them. That's but, a good question. But I think it's a, you know, maybe one of it because he bought four guitars, mm-hmm. and it's in this picture that it's uh, of him standing with all the guitars. It looks like he's got seven of them. I don't know if those oh, yeah, were he purchased. Does have, no, you're right. Separately, or... it says in the article four, but those are definitely all four Hanneman guitars. The, all, all seven. All, all seven of those are are Hanneman guitars. So I I don't know if he. Wow, that yeah. seasons in the abyss guitar is awesome. Yeah, dude. These are all... Every single one of these guitars is really, really <clears throat> cool. And on top of that, I, well, $12,000 was the original asking price for each guitar in the auction. He got in touch with Catherine and, and purchased the guitars for an undisclosed amount. And all of the money from the auction, Catherine is donating to the Wounded Warriors Project. Which is rad. Which is awesome. Good warm fuzzies. Uh, no matter what your politics are regarding that kind of stuff. People who need help, need help, dude. Yeah. And those guys need some help because they... You know, put it on the line for us, and I think that's pretty rad. I mean, we uh, here at the radio station, the Men's Room Red, goes to benefit the Fisher Foundation or the Fisher House, which, which is, is where uh, family members of stationed soldiers get to live for free, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. So it's uh, it's good to see people supporting out like that. And uh, obviously, I'm well. I hope that they're all taken care. Of. I'm sure they're just fine, but it's cool that they're donating all the money. Uh, more Christmas music! Hooray! I guess it's that time of the year. There's a band called Sonata Arctica. You've probably heard of them. And uh, they are the latest to be jumping on the bandwagon, releasing a very special Christmas gift for their fan base. A new single called Christmas Spirits. Is there a link to it anywhere on here? No, there isn't. I'm, I'm not seeing it. Not a link. yet. So. Yeah, it looks, it looks like there's going to be three tracks on the album. It's going to be the song, 
a radio edited version of the song and an orchestral version of the Did song. Did they just drop like 10 F-bombs in the middle of it and they were like, here's the edited version? Uh, apparently, I hope so. man. I think that'd be hilarious if they went like full 90s <laughs> hip-hop <laughs> in the middle of I'm it. I'm motherfucking Santa Claus, <laughs> bitch. For no reason at all in the middle of the power metal song. Well, that's cool. Go get that when you can. <clears throat> okay, so like when you're writing a Christmas song, like a new Christmas song, an original, how... How early do you have to you have to start writing that in like springtime, right? Like you're sitting there in the heat of August, like writing a Christmas song. Like maybe you oh, just, I'm trying to get into the spirit. <laughs> maybe you just put I like one ornament on your desk, <laughs> like hanging off of your amp, and just kind of stare at it really. Yeah, intently, you're like putting you know? sunscreen on, like with your sleigh bells. Ding, 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 ding. God damn it. <laughs> Someday I will write a Christmas song, and it'll be great. God, a lot of articles. I really have no idea what to make of this. Uh, Explain. All right, Explain so, what you mean by that. So Baroness Frontman is uh, recalling getting a phone call from James Hetfield. And, uh, which would be a wild. Which would, yeah, obviously be really wild. Um, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still halfway through the skimming this here. Uh, well, what happened see. is they got into a huge ba- uh, bus crash, or a uh, van accident, and right. he sh- like shattered his arm. Like, sh- his arm up. And they right. were all in really bad in condition. Right. And didn't Baroness open up for Metallica in a few? I, th- I think or they on, did. like on a tour. I swear to God that they had just recently. So which is why they knew, like, knew each, each other. other. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and obviously James Hetfield and the rest of Metallica know what it's like to be in a f-ed up bus accident. Right. You know, oh. obviously Cliff Burton, that whole thing. See, but uh, he yeah. said it was late in, late at night in the trauma ward. Most of the people I was. St- was in the room with were elderly and they'd gone to bed early. I wasn't going to bed at all for some obvious reasons. It was very difficult for me to sleep. The nurse was an older lady and she said, somebody just called for you, a a Jim Hatfield or a John Hartfield, something like that. I told them I wasn't sure if you were awake or taking calls. I said, I don't know anybody by either of those names, but I don't care if they're trying to sell me a dishwasher or life insurance. Bring me the number because I need somebody to talk to you desperately. So she handed me the little slip of paper with James Hetfield's name and cell phone number on it. Hmm. He goes on to say, James said, don't worry, things will get better. I thought, well, if it got better for him, it'll get better for me. And I had many other conversations that weren't with Metallica members where people were telling me things I needed to hear because I wasn't quite believing them myself at the time. And they have a new record coming out on December 18th. More, uh, more incidents where bands just driving from show to show is the most dangerous thing they will ever do. So uh, this next article is just wildly offensive. And just totally uncalled for. Yeah, really goddamn dumb. And um, weird. Just uh, weird. So the, the title, the headline of the article is uh, Rob Hafford and uh, Freddie Mercury make Russian edition of Maxim's list of, quote, gays we respect. And I guess the, uh, let's see, the English translation is... Um, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> this is we so... men do not consider men who love men to be men. This is the rule. Reads wow. the English translation of the article. That's what the. F- there dude? are exceptions. There are gays who have earned our respect and the right to remain real men in our eyes. Uh, Russia has a hugely. This is so messed up, dude. They have like a, the homophobia issue in Russia is state sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Like they will beat the shit out of you, and they do it all the time. People get killed all the time for that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's crazy over there, and so that they're even doing this. I, man, I hate to say, I guess is a step in the right direction? Question mark times a thousand, kinda. But uh, 
Helford was held up as evidence that, quote, if you're cool enough, it doesn't matter what your orientation is. While Freddie Mercury is a, quote, exception to all rules, his creativity brought us so much joy that we were willing to forgive him anything. This strikes me particularly because while I was hunting, I was having a conversation with one of the people that was at the camp, and I was playing music, but I was trying to play music for, like, dudes in their 50s, so it was, like, oldies and, you know, Credence and... You know, I was playing Queen, I was playing some old Elton John, Fleetwood Mac, you know, just f***ing you'd hear on one of the oldies radio stations. And I got in this conversation with one of the guys who's like, one of the best concerts I ever saw in my life was I got to see Queen live. Like, and he was like, I got to go get all the way up to the front. And he was, and then he went on to say later, I don't really like the fact that he was a fudge packer, but he could sing like a motherfucker. And I was just like, man, why does that even have to be in part of the f***ing conversation? Cause you're just you are just talking, and it like gave me goosebumps because he was talking about seeing Queen live, like Freddie Mercury and all that, and I was like, "This is awesome!" And then he phrased it with that fucking turn of the paragraph, you know? Uh, it was just so weird. So yeah, I it's just fucking stupid. Other people who made the list: Ian McKellen, Stephen Fry, Neil Patrick Harris. And the thing is, like, all of those people are way cooler than you motherfuckers will ever be, right? Ever, and it doesn't matter if they're gay or not. In fact, most of these people, had they not come out and said it, you wouldn't know that, and it wouldn't even be a fucking issue. Look at the They're character. Just people. Look at the character Neil Patrick Harris played on. Um, God, uh, How I Met Your Mother for for years. He played a womanizing misogynist and did it more convincingly than both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he did it way better and way in a way better, funnier <laughs> manner. So. <laughs> The article, the editor-in-chief of the Russian edition of Maxim told Russian News Service, this is a joke article, it says so in it. However, there is nothing in the text to indicate that the article is meant to be a parody. It doesn't say, warning, this is a spoof, or anything like that. So, a spokesperson for the U.S. Maxim slammed the article, saying, We are deeply disturbed by this article in Maxim Russia and fully condemn it. It is entirely against the views of, the views of U.S. Maxim. So, yeah, huh. it, it think, think about this. 20 years ago, in Russia, homosexuality was a crime. A crime. You could go to jail for it. And that's something that that's a sentence that you would expect to hear um, a much bigger number in there. Right. Like, 200 years ago in Russia, it yeah, was exactly. illegal to be, you know, it's... Yeah. It's just crazy, man. So, uh, I guess be thankful for the world that we have here, I guess. <laughs> it's just crazy. Fuck you, Maxim. So uh, Skid Row, Fozzie, Living Color, and ex-Judas Priest members are going to be paying tribute to Black Sabbath. They're coming out with another Black Sabbath tribute record. Feels like a lot of these have come out. I mean, obviously Black Sabbath's been around forever, and they're the fathers of metal, so you, right. you know there's no surprise there. But this one actually looks kind of cool, man. I'm there's it's some eclectic. Yeah, exactly. There, there's some players on here that you wouldn't normally see, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Especially to hear what it see sounds playing like. together. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first one's War Pigs by Scott or Chris Jericho, from Fozzie. Uh, Lord of This World by uh, Trevor McNevin from Thousand Foot Crutch singing. Corey Glover from Living Color doing Into the Void. Dude, I'm stoked about that one. I love Living Color. Eric Wagner from The Skull and Trouble doing Electric Funeral, and Tim Ripper Owens uh, from Priest doing Children of the Grave with Carl Sanders from Nile. That's going to be cool. And uh, Doug Pinnock from uh, King's Axe and Ted Kirkpatrick, Tur- Kirkpatrick from Tourniquet are uh, doing the rhythm section for the entire record. So there you go. There's another one to grab if you are a 
Huge Sabbath fanboy. Or save your money to go see them live when it costs you $5,000. There is a death metal band called Bloodshed that never really saw the light of day. It's uh, NASA members Anders Jacobson and Miesko Tellers... God, I can never pronounce this f***ing last. I'm not even going to try because that's just just disrespectful. They had a death metal band called Bloodshed with a three-song demo called Salvation by Bloodshed but was never released properly. And the demo tape, cassette tape, was only handed out to a couple of people. 18 years later, this uh, recording is being released as a vinyl on Bone Records, uh, remastered by Dan Sueno. So obviously Miesco passed away in 2004 in the huge tsunami after the Asian earthquake in the middle of the ocean there uh, while he was trying to save the life of his girlfriend. So this is their old death metal band. Check out a little piece of it. It's pretty rad. Hmm. Let's scoot it up here. Yeah, so I'm reading the liner notes that they sent out here, uh, and they're saying that they uh, made only about 10 tapes of this, and they had to recover it from a old DAT tape, and uh, this song came off of an old DAT tape, and the other two were remastered from a DAT source. I don't even know what that is, so they're kind of slightly distorted tape copy, the other mm. two songs, but that's a little cool piece of metal history that uh, I might not have ever seen in the light of day again. There you can kind of... You can kind of hear the influence a little bit, like where the some some roots of early Nazim in that, just like a, just a tiny hint of it. That's really cool, man. So speaking of digging up old music, there we go. I'm back on there track. There it is. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, the Kurt Cobain album that just came out um, with a bunch of previously unreleased material didn't even make a dent on the Billboard chart. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, uh, yeah, Spin Magazine is quoted as saying, calling the album pretty inessential, quote-unquote, and noted that, quote, only the biggest, most dedicated Cobain superfans really had any reason to pick up the album. That's so, crazy, man. Uh, what they said, uh, there's a uh, there's a, a, a guy, his name's Brett Morgan, the guy who did this HBO documentary montage of Heck, which has also been argued, King Buzzo called it as like a giant piece of... I think is what he called it. And so he said that he found a set of materials in a box in an archive from Kurt Cobain's property. And he said, I knew there was going to be all this art, but what I didn't know that there was going to be all this audio. I opened up a box and there were 108 tapes with over 200 hours of never before heard audio. And this ran the gamut from music, dozens of hours of unreleased music to sound collage. And then, then there was this amazing spoken word material that I had discovered. So I haven't seen this documentary yet, and I have been not. I've been trying not to. I I don't want to watch it. You know, man. I just the Kurt Cobain story is just phenomenally depressing to me. I feel like people are still trying to make money off. I just never really got that huge into Nirvana. I like Nirvana, but I just never got massively huge into it. But I like Kurt Cobain is such a huge icon that you would expect. 
something like this to have a little bit more of an impact as much as people talk about him and talk about Nirvana as much as Nirvana is always played and things like that. You would expect these albums to kind of at least get some kind of bump, but nah. I think it's like like they said it's a one for the true fans and like even when they published Kurt Cobain's diary, mm-hmm. like the very first fucking page of it says, "Don't read this." <laughs> That's the first page. And so, like, I my, my buddy Aiden got it for Christmas when we were, like, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, so torn. He was like, do I read it or do I not read it? Because <laughs> the f***ing first page, Kurt's like, hey, don't do don't do it, dude. Like, don't read my it's like, And so I know Kurt would probably just be, like, thumbs upping in his grave right now that it didn't do any good on the Billboard charts. He's like, that's the shit I didn't want anybody to hear anyway. Why'd you release a f***ing record full of it? God. Well, that's that's kind of depressing to think that all this stuff that this dude made that he didn't want anybody right. to... I mean, his freaking diary, dude, that's right. f***ed up. Yeah. It's hard to say what he would say now, but that's just my inference. That's what I think. Right. Uh, Richie Blackmore, 70 years old. <sighs> Richie Blackmore, of course, of Rainbow and Deep Purple, announced that he's getting the band back together, kind of. So it's going to be Lords of Black singer Ronnie Romero, Stradivarius keyboardist Jens Johansson, Blackmore Knights drummer David Keith, and bassist Bob Nouveau. And what he said, he's, uh, so I'm, I'm now 70, so I just felt like playing some rock and roll for a few days. We're going to do four or five dates, most likely in England, Germany, and Sweden, of just playing the old rock stuff, Purple and Rainbow. I'm doing it for the fans, for nostalgia, and the singer I found is very exciting. He's a cross between Dio meets Freddie Mercury. God, that'd be f- cool to see. Yeah, so this means exposing a new singer to the masses. I'm sure he'll become pretty famous because of his voice. So that would be worth traveling over to the other side of the pond for. Richie Black, do it in the States, man. Come to the States. Uh, Richie Faulkner says Judas Priest is getting back in the studio. Very cool. How many final tours is a last record, final album, final record? Ah, Just kidding. We got a new record coming out next year. They, They can't stop, man. Well, that's it's, what he says. He says, a lot of people say to these guys, what's the secret of doing this for 40 years? You can see why this happens because it inspires us. Man. They're inspired by playing live and they like to do it. Well, do what you love, Keep man. it on. I'll, I'll come see yeah. Priest every time they play. No joke. Keep rocking. Those guys f***ing kick ass. So speaking of bands that kick ass, Kvalar Talk is done Everyone writing got- new material. And uh, man, I heard that band's name pronounced as Kvaterlack and I almost <laughs> lost my shit. Kevin always used to say, way down in the Cavadre <laughs> So let's see. Um, Erland uh, recently said, we've had some time off this year and the end of last year, and we've just been working on new material and doing the occasional show here and there. But we've been working on the new album since before the summer. Just been spending a lot of time on that. We're almost done putting together all the tracks. We're missing maybe like two songs. So we'll just get that done once we get home now. It's been about three years since they put a record out. It has indeed. In March 2013. Yeah, both of those records that they put out are kick-ass, too. Really interesting, eclectic stuff. All right, it's uh, the end of our long-ass podcast this week, and uh, we're going to go into brutal poetry too hot for radio. This week, Ryan the Beard uh, taking a passage from Agoraphobic Nosebleeds record, Honky Reduction. <laughs> Here's a passage investigating the finer lyrics of the song, Die and get the f*** out of my way. Ryan, take it away. A worthless prospect sprang the wall with your rancid 
trembling completely useless in your pants. Around yourself, society, a diseased pack of impotent cannibals. A pestilent collection of vapors you leave. Pools of piss like a nervous dog. Wow. Rancid. Well, we'll see if we still have a job next week. And uh, we'll uh, be looking forward to the return of Mr. Garbo Kevin Deers. I hope you guys go punch somebody at the mall, and we'll see you again next week for Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. A goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.